0: Hello, Canada. Welcome to another full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is August 24th, 2021. It is Tony in Saskatchewan.
1: And Lewis in
0: BC. How are you, my man?
1: Oh, not bad. Not bad. Um, living in a province that uh, is starting to look a lot like um, a... a, a a jurisdiction I just do not want to be
0: in. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely hear that. And uh, uh, yep, we've got a good show for you today, Canada. Um, speaking of Lewis living in a jurisdiction that has really gone south as of late, on the show today, John Horgan, back from holidays. Show me your papers. Nova Scotia election. Boy, did Tony get that one wrong. Election 44. It's been a heck of a first week. Afghanistan stuck. And more. Where do you want to start, sir? Um, Well, let's let's start with
1: Afghanistan. um, And then we'll make our way to John Horgan
0: and then into the election. Sounds like a good trajectory. So Afghanistan, of course, um, anybody who's been even remotely paying attention to the news will know that... As Justin Trudeau was meeting with the governor general at Rideau Hall, Kabul was falling to the Taliban. And, well, Canada claims we had a plan to get our interpreters and their families and Canadian citizens out of Afghanistan. But, boy, that's not going so well, is it? No, not at all. And
1: um, anybody who believes that the government actually had a plan... um, I'm sorry, but you're extremely gullible and your intelligence level is questionable at best um, because nothing could be further from the truth. There was no plan, just as Joe Biden had no plan when he announced that the troops that he was pulling all the troops out of uh, out of Afghanistan. I mean, he is what what is happening over there is a crime against humanity. It is. It, these, it, it's it's unbelievable that the leaders of these countries, and that would include Canada, Great Britain, the U.S. I mean, they're it's unbelievable that they that they will they will have there will be no repercussions legally against these people. But they are directly responsible for the deaths of thousands of people who the Taliban are going to be killing and have already been killing.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Now, on this show, we've often referred to Christian Freeland as being the most condescending politician in Ottawa, and she still is. But Immigration Minister Marco Mendicino has been training hard and he is a close second he is fighting for the top spot now in an interview with uh, this one was question period i've heard him in a few interviews lately and i actually want to punch him right through the through the radio but he was on with evan solomon in question period and evan solomon asked him if, if you know what was the plan to get these people out and why did you wait so long and and i mentioned in a rant that he had first said they had a plan 10 years ago that was when he was on power and politics and he seemed completely oblivious that they weren't in government 10 years ago. That's okay. Um, he told Evan Solomon, that he started campaigning to Evan Solomon, and Evan Solomon actually cut him off and just said, look, I just want to know what your plan is. Well, Evan, if you would just, you know, I was going to answer that we have had a plan since 2017. And, and uh, thankfully, Evan Solomon didn't let him off the hook and basically was able to reveal that, no, they had no plan. And their reaction and that's all they're doing is reacting they've only brought 1100 people out of Afghanistan and this is what cracks me up and I've said before on the show Americans can actually get things done Um, you had mentioned to me Lewis that the Americans are actually overloading their big planes they're just stuffing as many people in there as they can but not Canada our C-17s we are only taking as many passengers as we have seat belts to accommodate them yeah, isn't that brilliant? That's so that's so safe of us. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm just sick and tired of of this government. I mean, they're this government, like you said, this uh, Mendocino, I think his name is. Yep. Uh, they he he espouses the arrogance that this government has, and its and its. Um, condescension towards Canadians I mean it's the, the Americans were ordered to withdraw and the pilots on those planes decided to load them up as much as they could to get as many people out as possible that was not the order from the US government the US government ordered them to get out and those pilots were the ones that decided to do, to defy orders and get as many people loaded on those planes as possible. The Canadian government told our guys get out, and well, they did. I mean, they 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 even they they our government even instructed them to not take more people than there are. Seatbelts like that's I, who's more in danger, people getting on a plane without a seatbelt, or the people being left behind to deal with the Taliban?
0: Well, exactly. And it's uh, Randy Hillier, Rick Hillier, sorry, General Rick Hillier, retired, who has been in Afghanistan, knows Afghanistan very well, um, was absolutely apoplectic when he was on with, with, uh, I believe it was on question period. And he said, this is just a case of bureaucratic, bureaucratic clumsiness was the exact words he used. And he said he couldn't believe that all the paperwork that, that these uh, Afghans were being forced to fill out, you know, and if, as we'd said before, trying to find someplace to print this off or scan or get internet access. And he was beside himself. He said, there are Canadian soldiers now in Kabul, but because they take their orders from government, they're not allowed to leave the airport to escort Canadians to said airport. So Canadians can't get through the Taliban checkpoints. And you
1: know who else isn't allowed to uh, go in and get their citizens and escort them back? The Americans. The it's ridiculous. The only ones that are... Uh, Are the British, and I believe, oh, I can't remember who is the other country that's over there. Um, French. The French, yes. The British and the French are sending their troops out into the countryside, out into the other cities to get their people and escort them back. The Americans and the Canadians are not doing that.
0: No, but to be fair, the Justin Trudeau government did say to Canadians in Kabul, well just wear red and, and tell them you're Canadian, then they'll let you in.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's an absolute joke and um and excuse my language, but it's a complete shit show. and, it is. and, and, and it's and it's absolutely shocking that the US and Canada are the two countries that are kind of a joke over there right now.
0: We totally are. We're, I mean, what a laughingstock. Okay, you've got soldiers there, and I'm, I'm not um, – dissing or knocking our Canadian soldiers because, I mean, those are the greatest heroes. And I actually know personally um, some veterans and some who've been to Afghanistan, and they actually want to go back themselves to, to do this job because uh, they are, are more horrified than any of us with what's going on right now. And it's, it's absolutely pathetic that our government is telling our soldiers, you have to stay at the airport. I mean, uh, the videos that are coming out of Afghanistan right now are, Absolutely, uh, just shocking, and yet, yeah. I mean, uh, Nero was fiddling while Rome burns. Disgusting. Yeah. No, and that's
1: exactly—it's the perfect analogy.
0: Yeah, it just makes me sick. It makes me embarrassed for, uh, and it's again—it's not for our soldiers; it's for our government who's giving them the orders. It's ridiculous.
1: Yep. No, it's it's absolutely sickening, and I couldn't be more embarrassed to be Canadian right now.
0: Well, especially with our government bragging that, well, we've got 1,100 people out of there. Well, you've only had four years. Congratulations. Yeah. And Justin Trudeau now is even saying, well, we're not going to get as many out as we wanted. Well, you think maybe you might have wanted to start this three months ago when Biden announced he was going to withdraw. But no, no. Wait till the very last minute and then uh, he'll probably blame Harper, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't.
0: Yeah, well, I'm and sure he it's coming.
1: He blames him for everything else. I don't know why he hasn't blamed him for this yet.
0: Well, yeah, I'm sure it's coming. All right, so from wearing red to seeing red, John Horgan is back from holidays, and I bet you wish he'd stayed on holidays, Lewis.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I I really do wish he'd stayed on holidays. This is the premier that handled covid the best in this country, without question. I mean, even you you can agree with with me on that one. Oh yeah, the the BC NDP, as much as it pains me, handled COVID the best up until yesterday. Um, yesterday they decided that even though our death counts are barely above where they were at the beginning of the entire pandemic. Our case numbers are still way lower than they've been through most of the pandemic. Um, Our province has gone right back to the same restrictions we had at the peak and we are wearing masks again and we are, have been told that um, we're going to have more checkpoints than Nazi Germany ever had. Oh, for crying out loud. And those checkpoints are going to be at restaurants, theaters, gyms, um, any concert, sporting event. Uh, And anything where there's an indoor gathering. And so, and these checkpoints are where you will have to show your vaccine passport that they announced along with government issued photo ID. uh, So that they can make sure that your vaccine passport is for you. So, we are going to have to show our papers whenever we go basically whenever we go into a building. I mean this is it, it's it's scary like really, really scary stuff and and it is unbelievable how nobody finds it scary. Um, even my parents support it my That's awful yeah my close friends support it like I I'm just it, it's I, I don't understand it's like you anytime the government gets control or more power or uh, like this it's a slippery slope and nobody I talk to seems to understand that it will become a slippery slope and I and I've predicted and I'm predicting right here on this show that this is, the the government announced that it would be in effect until the end of January, I believe. And I'm predicting right now, it is not going to end in January. It is going to continue for years. I think that it's going to include our 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, vaccine shots I, I i don't think that it's this is that we're going to be stopping it too i think we're going to because what we're finding out now from our jurisdictions around the world is that the vaccine efficacy is dropping dramatically after five or six months so we're going to have to get booster shots every six months and our vaccine passports are going to get updated with that information, and they're going to continue with these vaccine passports for I don't know how long, but it's going to be years, I'm I'm predicting. And I think that it's not going to stop at our fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth uh, booster shots. I think it's going to eventually include our flu shots, annual flu shots. I think they're going to say, well, guess what? You can't go into uh the canucks hockey game in vancouver unless you've had your flu shot now i think this is what is going to happen. Uh, that's going to happen i think this is coming
0: okay canada i'm going to beat you to it just for the fun of it Lewis. you're such a conspiracy theorist <laughs> aren't i <laughs> and what happened when you recall the conspiracy theorist last year about vaccine passports Whoa, well, now we turn... have vaccine passports.
1: Yeah, we have vaccine passports. Yep. Yeah.
0: That is absolutely disgusting just to hear that. Um I know that the Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, who owns the Toronto Argonauts, the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, uh the Marleys, Toronto FC, and um, there's probably more on that list. But they have mandated that any fans coming to any of their games will have to. Show the vaccine passport just like in Winnipeg. And now Calgary has jumped on board, and Calgary Sports Entertainment owns the Flames, the Stampeders, the Roughnecks, uh, the Hitmen. That might be all. But again, to go into any of their venues, now you'll have to have your vaccine passport. And you have, just before we started the show, Lewis, you give me a rather startling statistic about Canadians actually being okay with vaccine passports.
1: Yeah, it's it's in the vicinity of 80% of Canadians are in favor of these.
0: Whatever happened to freedom? Like, I, uh, I know I rail about freedom a lot on this show and in conversations with my friends because I'm just a freedom-loving libertarian prairie boy and I can't understand why people would not want to exercise their freedom to get or not to get and just... Let people live for crying out loud!
1: Yeah, it's it's shocking. Like I don't understand why Canadians are so complacent and so eager to have the government have more control. Like oh, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's almost like Canadians uh, are asking for this. Well, in fact, they are. But I, I. It just, it just blows me away that Canadians trust the government so much when not just this government, but every government has proven they can't be trusted. No, and, yet, that's and yet we continue to believe the government has our best interests at heart. And they don't. No government has every government is out for itself. And that's why they are attempting to censor the internet on us. They're trying to censor our speech. They're trying to limit our movements. They're trying to uh, limit what we can and cannot talk about. They limit what words we're allowed to use. I mean, I think some people need to read 1984 again.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely right. And then of course, because the federal government isn't moving quickly enough to mandate vaccines. Now, sub jurisdictions are starting. Uh, Mayor John Tory of Toronto just recently announced that all city of Toronto employees must be double vaccinated. And he's given a date, I believe it's in October. Uh, no, September 30th. They all have to be vaccinated by September 30th. And he wouldn't come right out to say that they'll be fired but he danced around every single question that he got, even from a CBC uh, commentator, to say that they would certainly have to comply and they'll be expected to comply. This will be a policy, but he wouldn't say that they'd be fired. He just said that they have to do it. So to me, that says do it or you're gone. And and again, like you say, Louis, people just go, oh, well, yeah, all right. It's only a vaccine. What's the big deal?
1: Yeah. And here's here's something that's happened along with the vaccine passport requirements in BC. This is something that I don't understand. If this is truly about safety, about the spread of the virus, then this does not make sense. The employees of all of these buildings and facilities that require you to have a vaccine passport to enter do, the the employees are not required to have a vaccine passport.
0: That just that seems really backwards.
1: Yeah and, and people are so on board with this that they are eating it all up and 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 saying oh well You know, that that person that that isn't vaccinated that is working there, they're protected more by this because now they're not hanging around people who are unvaccinated. And I I said, yeah, but do you understand that even though you have a vaccine shot, uh, does not mean you can't carry it or transmit it. In fact, what we're finding is that people who have the vaccine still get the COVID 19 uh, virus and they still transmit it. And yes, their symptoms might not be as bad, or it might be that they don't carry the virus as long, but they still do. And, but, but people, in fact, a close friend of mine, said that it makes him feel he said he was like 30 percent sure he was safe now he feels 95 percent safe and i said that doesn't even make sense that does not even make sense to me
0: me neither um you know what give him a security blanket i mean i hate to be so rude but i think i would feel just as safe carry my comfort animal around with me uh, if that's the case like i equate the two and i'm not even i'm not even joking like yeah i'm stunned i'm actually speechless and uh you might want to make note of that canada but (laughs)
1: But yeah that's a prevailing attitude among amongst people and he's a conservative so i mean it's it's this is a prevailing attitude of Canadians that I, I just don't understand. It just it boggles my mind. I'm I i do not understand the way people are thinking.
0: Well I'm with you and again I'll go back to my my freedom loving self. I mean I'm not anti-vax. I guess I should state that we probably should state that every show that neither of us are anti-vax. No in, in, fact,
1: in fact I've I'm fully vaccinated myself.
0: Yeah, and I actually gave in and, and got my first shot last week. So uh, I'm not anti-vax. I'm just pro-freedom. It should be up to us to decide, and it should be up to business owners to decide to say, "Um, you know what? We're not going along with this. But nobody's yeah. making that choice.
1: Nope, none. Nobody is.
0: And as a sidebar, Lewis, you'd be proud of me when I did get my shot. Uh There was uh, one nurse that came up, took my information, and then uh, a gal came out of, it was a mobile unit. And this gal came out and she started telling me how proud she was. I was getting the shot and what a a, a great effective vaccine it is. And I had to stop her and say, ma'am, I'm getting the shot because I want to travel again. You don't have to sell me anything. And then she carried on. She was like, oh, but, you know, this Delta variant is so contagious. I'm like, please just give me the shot. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for and just gave me the shot. Because I I didn't need the sales pitch. I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because I want to travel. Period. Full stop. Yep. Exactly. And actually, speaking of that, um, Justin Trudeau on the election trail, and we'll get to the election right away, um, did hint that not only are vaccines going to be mandatory for Canadians to ride a plane, to ride a train, He's even talking interprovincial travel now. Whatever happened to our mobility rights in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms?
1: Yep. No, I agree, and this is something I said to my friend last night, and my friend was like, just totally blew it off. And I, and I said, how can you just blow this off? Like, uh, the freedom, freedom of movement, and freedom of speech are the two most important tenets to living in a free society and if you don't have one or the other you no longer live in a free society and both of those freedoms are being taken from us both of them not just one both
0: yeah absolutely right so uh all right let's move on to elections because we just hinted about uh, one of mr. Trudeau's uh, talking points so sure. briefly on Nova Scotia boy was I wrong I I blew it off in our last show and said well pretty sure it's just going to be a liberal minority turned into a majority and then you texted me <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and it turned out that the Conservative Party ended up with a majority.
0: Yeah, and fantastic. I'm, I'm happy it turned out that way. And it turns out in Canada, you can draw the parallels if you wish. Turns out the Nova Scotia Liberals ran a rather lackluster campaign um, riding the assumption that they would be re- reelected based on their pandemic response and apparently had a rather disorganized campaign. Whereas the Conservatives, or Progressive Conservatives in Nova Scotia ran a campaign uh, talking about improving the healthcare system, pledging to spend more money, and it worked. They had an organized campaign. The uh, the premier designate's been on a, on the talk show circuit, and he's actually, he sounds like a sensible guy, and he had said, like, we offered solutions, and we stuck to the plan, and what do you know? I mean, three days before that election, I saw a poll which had the Nova Scotia Liberals so far ahead that I didn't even think about it, and wow, what a out of nowhere, the conservatives are now government.
1: Yeah, and you, you're saying that it seemed like the liberals uh, just couldn't get their feet under themselves during the campaign, and and like they were the the last ones off the starting line, and the conservatives were running a pretty tight oil, like tight knit, well oiled uh, campaign, and uh, and I was thinking boy that seems an awful lot like the federal campaign right now.
0: Does it ever uh, the, the federal liberals have not had a very good first week they uh, what blows me away is they Justin Trudeau in, uh, in the spring at her, at some point told his his caucus be ready for a spring election. when that writ was dropped on Sunday here in Saskatchewan where we have 14 ridings, the liberals had yet to nominate candidates in six of our ridings. And yeah. I mean they're all across the country. They have ridings where they at the drop of the writ had yet to nominate candidates. And it was okay, you guys knew exactly when the election was coming. How could you not have got your crap together? Well,
1: and, and if you look at Trudeau's performance, well, not just Trudeau, but Christia Freeland's you look at you look at all of the you know the 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 senior liberal candidates and it's it's unbelievable you'd think that they were caught off guard including Justin Trudeau himself that they were caught off guard that there was an election
0: well certainly seems that way and you make a good point with uh with Trudeau I mean he's he's stumbling and he came out and talked about about mandatory vaccines and then he backed off because because uh, Public Service Alliance of Canada, one of the largest uh, government employees unions, said um, no, we're not really comfortable with this. And then Justin Trudeau backed off to say that well, they can get in do testing, etc. Turns out he's got the exact same stance as Aaron O'Toole now. And then of course tried to say, oh no, I we're completely opposite of what the Conservatives have. Oh wait,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and it's just grasping at straws at this point. Like they, this, this new uh, affordable housing initiative that they're putting forth that they, that they uh, announced. um, It doesn't even like, I I don't know how they can even think that they can afford this. I mean, they're they're planning on buying or fixing, what was it? Or Sorry, buying and fixing or building 1.4 million houses. This is the liberal government's proposal that they are going to build or buy and fix 1.4 million houses across Canada and then sell them to first time home buyers.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean they've got that and then they're campaigning on policies that they or not even policies, programs they've attempted to implement. But i have yet to finish the job on, like child care, and one of the commentators, even this one of the CBC commentators, was on his case saying, like, why would you not have just kept stayed in government and actually gotten this done? Like, there's a poll come out from Nanos, who, as you well know, is, a, is very 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 liberal. Yeah. And in that Nanos poll had stated that it was i don't think it was a majority of canadians but it was and actually it actually might have been 60% yeah of canadians who to just said flat out they don't want this election so i guess Jagmeet Singh and Aaron O'Toole have been onto something when they've been saying all along you know this is an election nobody wants yeah
1: well and it, you know what's really interesting is that you and i have been very critical of Aaron O'Toole for the uh, since he since he became the leader of the conservative party and he's been doing really well in the first uh, week of
0: campaign. He has, yep.
1: Like I'm like well enough. I'm surprised because he he w- did really well for the first three weeks after he won the leadership, and then he just fell off the face of the earth for the next several months, and now he's back, and he's. He's doing a really good job. I don't, and I do have to say this, I am not happy with a couple of the policies. In fact, I'm very much opposed to a couple of the policies. But this, but he is, he's showing himself to be a, a leader and showing that he's showing Canadians right now that he, that he's, fighting for this job because he wants it. And Trudeau is not portraying that. And I think there's a general feeling and sentiment out there that I'm hearing and feeling when I'm talking to people, and it's just they're they're done with Trudeau. And when they first called this election, and and for months leading up to it, you and I both thought that Trudeau was going to win this election with a Possibly a larger minority, with maybe the possibility of a majority, but at least a larger majority than he or minority than he had uh, going into it. I'm starting to change my mind on that.
0: Well, I can see where you're coming from. I'm I mean, I'm not sure I'm with you there yet. Although, I mean, Justin Trudeau has done nothing but show Canada he's. He's just not ready to go back to a 2015 ad and I mean I'm, I'm stunned by, uh, by how bad they've started like David Aiken is following the uh, Justin Trudeau and the liberal campaign. and he brought a really good point. He said by, with with the NDP and the, the Conservatives both releasing their platform basically immediately, he said that's he said they're going they tell Canadians exactly where they stand. And with how many Canadians will be voting early when you've got advance polls, mail-in and balloting, and whatnot? But by the time the Liberals release their platform, which will be quote in a couple of weeks, a lot of Canadians will already have made up their minds.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that people people are just they've just had enough of Trudeau, and and I and I'm starting to get that feeling from people that we're liberals before, like I have. An employee. Who said to me, you know, I've I've never been a Trudeau hater, but I am now.
0: I like her already.
1: And and it's it's like my and, and then there was my wife who saw the who saw the video of Justin Trudeau calling the recession a she session and that uh, there needs to be a she-covery uh, as if women are the only ones affected by what has happened over the past year and a half. And she found it incredibly condescending and offensive because it is pandering to the lowest common denominator. And it's as she was infuriated by it. And uh, I mean, my my wife, she is a conservative, so let's let's you know give her that. But but I think that that is a feeling that a lot of women had watching that video.
0: Yeah, I mean, my wife didn't see didn't watch that video, but she's actually turned on Trudeau as well. Not that she would have voted for him before, but she's. Uh... She, she's not political at all in the way, but even she is like, okay, we've got to get rid of Trudeau. And I thought, wait, we do. And what I find interesting, not just that this is happening, but there are protests now at every stop on Trudeau's campaign. But what surprises me is they're actually getting covered on the news. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, and I
1: mean, that was something I noticed during Trudeau's um press conference when he announced that the election was starting uh, last Sunday, right? Like a week and a half ago. And I noticed right away that the media seemed to have turned on him because they were hammering him uh, quite hard during the question and answer period of that that, uh, news conference. And and if you look at the newspapers and if you even watch CBC, they've turned on. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Not Rosemary Barton. But they seem to have turned on them. And that's good news for the Conservatives.
0: Well, and Christopher Freeland did not do her party any favours at all. And Canada, if you haven't heard about this yet, it's well, it's all over social media, so you'll see it soon enough. Christopher Freeland... Thought she was, I think she actually thought that was real. The fake video that she posted about Aaron O'Toole wanting to privatize healthcare. And if you yeah. saw her at her little, I don't know if it was a news conference. It looked like she was in her tracksuit. Anyway, she was on the camera saying, "I mean, this is a video that of Aaron O'Toole who wants private healthcare." Well, it turns out that video was horribly edited and only cut out about three quarters of Mister O'Toole's speech in there. Oh, it and, was
1: more than that. It was more like 90%. Yeah,
0: I mean, and Twitter actually flagged it as uh, missing context, I think they said. But, no,
1: it has misinformation.
0: Oh, that oh,
1: theory. Excellent.
0: Yeah. So, so, yeah, the Liberals are not off to a very good start, and I couldn't be Trude- happier. when
1: Trudeau was asked about it, Trudeau was asked about it, and he defended it
0: yeah that's right he did too and then uh, of course he tried to deflect and just talk about how awful Aaron O'Toole is and I've noticed that Trudeau now at his, at his rallies he is like he's on the attack already he's already brought up the abortion card he's already trying to bring yeah, up yeah. the care card like he's all these boogeymen he keeps trying to bring out of the closet and it's only week one yeah and that abortion
1: uh, card that he pulled it seemed to actually fall on its face after two days it did, yeah, and and I think it's because Aaron O'Toole's answer was really good. Um, his answer was that he's pro-choice, uh, that they will not change that law in Canada, uh, and that they can square the circle with the uh, what is it the uh, conscience um, rule yeah, the conscience, or something like this for doctors. Yeah. So if a doctor doesn't believe in, in abortion, they don't have to, uh, perform it. And, um, and I think that's actually pretty reasonable. I mean, I don't think anybody should be forced to do something they don't believe in at their job. And, and so that I, I, I actually, I I think that's a pretty reasonable uh, thing to propose. And I think most Canadians did, and that's why that fell on its face after a few days.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I'm really bothered by something that Pierre Pauly hammered on, and I wish the rest of Canada would jump on it too. Justin Trudeau was asked about the economy and what economics and how monetary policy would affect the economy. And you know where I'm going now, Lewis. I Justin do. Trudeau replied to the reporter, well, you'll forgive me if during an election... Uh, talking about the economy, how I would, you know, you'll forgive me for not discussing monetary policy. You're not thinking of monetary policy. Yeah, And and I think most of Canada who saw that probably stopped for a second to, to shake their collective heads and say, monetary policy kind of is about the economy and economic policy. Monetary
1: policy should be at the forefront of what you're thinking about because it affects everything.
0: Well, especially when he runs deficits uh, the way he does. I mean, monetary policy is very important, you dunce. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's unbelievable.
1: Like, the the guy says some pretty crazy, ridiculous things. And for the past five years, and and the thing is, is that this is not new. He has said crazy, stupid things for five years. Well, longer than that, even. But for the five years he's been prime minister, he has said a lot of stupid, dumb, and crazy things. And this is the first time that most of our media is even covering it. Well,
0: that's a good point. I mean, it's- yeah, he said lots of really dumb things. He's made all kinds of gaffes, but nobody's ever called him out except for, you know, the choice few shows like ours and True North or Post Millennial lately. have yeah. ever called him out on it. So it's uh, it's nice to see that finally he's not getting that free pass. But, like, the only actual election gimme that he has brought out this week was the quick discussion about paid sick leave. Other than that, I've heard nothing policy-wise from them. New well, I've I
1: heard be. I have seen policies and and but they're just they're policies that you look at and you go how how are you going to afford this like that the new the new home buyers uh, program like how how is that something that this pro- country can even afford you're going to buy 1.4 million houses like are you are you nuts like that's not even something that anybody believes the government will even do and the comments on Justin Trudeau's own facebook page where he announces this you should go read the comment section on that post because it is hilarious it's like 98% of the of the comments are trashing the idea or telling them that he's full of shit <laughs>
0: Oh, and he is
1: and he is and again I apologize for my language but it, it's this and, and it, you're gonna you'll probably agree with me this I believe I truly believe this is the most important election in the history of this country I because, totally agree because if Justin Trudeau wins again you will see a real separatist movement in Western Canada. It won't yep. be It won't be a small one like the, after the last election where it petered out after a few months. This is, it's going to be real. and it's going to be it's going to be swift and it's going to it's going to make a lot of waves.
0: Well, it's funny you'd say that. I was actually thinking about that today because you had said if Justin Trudeau wins again, you will write the referendum question yourself. Yep. And I thought, you know what? If Justin Trudeau wins again, I will join you and write the referendum question here in Saskatchewan myself. Now, uh, we're getting close on our time here, so we'll just do a quick prediction for you after week one. Now, going into this election, Canada, and for months now, I've been saying get used to Justin Trudeau. And the polls, as much as you want to believe in polls, are now showing it's a horse race between liberals and conservatives. And I still think Justin Trudeau is likely headed for a minority, but I'm not nearly so confident in that as I once was.
1: Uh, yeah, After after week one, I am going to say that I think Justin Trudeau's fortunes have run out. I actually think that as long as the campaign keeps going the way it has gone for the first nine days. Uh, I am
0: going to predict an O'Toole majority government. Boom. Now that's a bold prediction. And we will follow that up on next week's show Canada. And as we see how the next week of the campaigning goes, I won't even say you're wrong, Louis, because you're not wrong very often. And it could happen the way the momentum is going right now it could happen well we'll see
1: i mean it's it's a prediction i i don't want to be wrong about this time um so which means i probably will be
0: <laughs> that <laughs> is often how it happens yep yeah. so uh
1: but until next week you'll probably i mean you're 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 probably going to hear some uh, uh, some rants from us over the next week because there is going to be a lot to rant about during this election campaign. Um, but until next week, this is uh, Lewis from BC.
0: And Tony from Saskatchewan. Good night. Canada. Good night.
1: Louis Antony